Welcome Eagle Mamas and friends. We're so glad you're here. We're going to go ahead and get started now. My name is Jerrica Olson and on behalf of Legacy Christian Academy and Legacy PTF, it's my honor and privilege to welcome you to our third and final virtual Eagle Mama event for the year. And trust me when I say we save the best for last. As we're going to hear from one of our amazing current Eagle Mamas, Jamie Schlegel, as well as the original Eagle Mama, now Texas State Senator, Angela Paxton. So grab your coffee, hide from your kids, put your earbuds in, go on a walk, whatever you need to do, and just prepare your heart um, to receive from the Lord. It's been my honor this year to um, be involved with these Eagle Mama events. And like I said, we definitely saved the best for last. And um, let's just begin right now with, with a time of prayer. Father God, um, we thank you for how you've ministered to us this year through these Eagle Mama lunches. We thank you for the women who are bringing us nourishment from you today. We love you. We trust you. Speak to us today, Lord. Amen. And now, um, it's my honor to introduce to you our first speaker, Jamie Schlegel. Many of you have seen her around because she serves as our PTF ministry coordinator and she's led the women's Bible studies this past year. Jamie and her husband, Stephen, have two sons, Luke and Landon, and they have been at Legacy six years. Jamie has such a heart for the Lord and definitely the gift of encouragement and mercy. So please welcome with all the emoji hands, Jamie Schlegel. I am excited to be here. And um, first off, I want to say thank you, Jerrica, for that introduction. And um, and I just want to say thank y'all, um, Karen and Jerrica, for Eagle Mama this year. It has been a source of knowing I'm always going to hear a good word from the Lord and walk away tethered more to him. And I think even virtually, I just want to say thank you to Shannon, both Shannons, um, for making all of this happen and for LCA for making this a priority. As a mom, I, um, I just see such leadership and wisdom and grace from Legacy to want to impart um, the Lord into all of us as parents. So welcome all the moms um, and the staff. I um, while I'm thanking people, this is really random, but I just want to take a second to thank the inventor of the dishwasher because I have done more dishes the last, I think, 70 days. I, I calculated um, that we have eaten, the Schlegel household has eaten 210 meals at our house since March 10th. And that is a lot of dishes. And so I'm, I'm assuming it's looked kind of similar in your house too. And I just want to give a shout out to the dishwasher inventor because he has, or she, I don't know which one, come in this, this season of quarantine. Um, I just wanted to share really briefly about kind of the state and a closure for the school year. Um, it, it has not gone 
as anyone would ever expect. We had our second grade farewell yesterday, farewell prayed, and I kind of just looked at the teachers kind of just like in shock, like, I can't believe we're here. I can't believe I'm saying goodbye. I can't believe it's over. And we drove away and my little Landon, my second grader, he realized like the finality of it. And he started tearing up saying, I didn't get a full year with Miss Carr. And, um, and I think that we're all just kind of, it's surreal right now um, as we finish out this year. And I, I wanted to just tell the teachers, if you're on here, thank you. Um, you have overcome so much adversity and trying to still impart um, academics, your love, the Lord. It has, you have gone above and beyond. And I know my two boys and um, have felt connected, even to the specials teachers when they see your face. It's a, it's a, um, a source of familiarity in a time that is so different. So it, it has made an impact and I just wanna honor y'all today. Um, speaking of uncertainty, I was looking up just some synonyms of the word uncertainty. And I think that's kind of what describes right now is we're living in odd, unprecedented, uncertain times. And if I turn on my news for, for five seconds, I am, I'm embarded with lots of information, misinformation, and I am trying to sort out what is information and what is misinformation. And it is a little overwhelming. Um, and I, I know we don't know this, this event, this pandemic has hit all of us so differently and, and different varying levels. Um, I became, I didn't become a teacher. I became a enforcer the last couple months. I became a behavior coach. I became my family's IT support. Um, I, I didn't know I had all these roles that I, I was able to do. And I can't even say that I did them super well, but I, I do know that we were all kind of just thrust in to um, a very different place, an uncertain place. And we still have a lot of questions waiting to be answered. And um, I've been, as, as God would have it, I've been in my daily chronological reading, I, I've been in the story of David, of the life of David. Um, and so it's going from his life to the Psalms that he's written. And it's kind of just walked me through the season. Um, he's written a lot of Psalms and even times when he was quarantined in the cave, um, his words have been something that's sustained me, um, his honesty, his faith. I think from David, I have learned um, that through all the uncertainty, through all of my expectations that haven't been met, or um, I, I imagined that we would be going on a trip. I imagined that for all these different things um, that haven't come to pass as I saw it, I imagined um, David had so many highs in his life and so many lows that he, goodness, I just read yesterday that 
his son started a coup against him. I mean, and I, I related to that because sometimes I feel like my sons gang up on me. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to, to lead us all back um, in such a time of apprehension and uncertainty that we serve a God that he knows what the fall looks like. He knows um, how it's all gonna go. He knows what this year looks like. He knows what our kids need at this time. And um, maybe my kids just needed a pause and we needed to work out some conversations that we've been too busy in the past to work out. And that, that is for their gain and for his glory that this season, um, even through our, our, even though our expectations may not have come to pass and it's been an uncertain season, I know that the Lord's been good. And so I, I found a scripture actually this morning that I wanted to read um, in the life of David, and he wrote it. He said, God's ways, God's way is perfect. All of the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For he is God. For who is God except the Lord? But who is our God is like a solid rock. God is my strong fortress, and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hand for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep me from slipping. And um, I, I love how the contrast of where we are right now and the uncertainty and, and all varying parts of life that we have right now, that God and he is our rock, he is our certainty, and he can make our feet sure-footed as a deer. And he widens our path to keep us from slipping. And so those who trust in the Lord, that seek his presence, that find contentment in him, have these promises of God's ways prove true. And so for me in this season, um, I am, I'm, again, I'm tethered to knowing, I may not know what the future holds, but I know that God does and I am tethered to him. And so I can find peace. So I just wanted to share, I wanted to encourage you moms out there. I wanted to tell y'all job well done. Um, we are crawling past the finish line. Um, <laughs> some of us may look homeless or on most days, um, I don't know, but we, we did it. And um, I just, I wanted to say job well done um, for maybe your kids needed a counselor in these moments, or maybe your kids needed a, um, a secretary, an assistant, um, to get them all to their Zoom meetings and, and all the things. Or maybe um, you're a mom of a bigger, a bigger kid and they needed um, just a rock, a steadiness there. So I just want to say congratulations. We did it. Job well done. And I'm so excited to see y'all next year. I will be in line, Carline, on August 6th 
7.44, pushing my kids out the door, and I will appreciate my teachers like never before. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna hand it back to Jerrica for announcements, but it's good to see y'all, good to see your names. Bye. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jamie, for that centering word. And I love the scripture that you referenced. It is, it's a go-to for me. It's, um, you can find those, I believe in Psalm 18 and second Samuel 22. So if you need, I kind of call those my, my spiritual, my, my spiritual Red Bull, just my, my, my Holy Spirit caffeine, if you will, if you need, if you need something throughout the day, Psalm 18 or second Samuel 22. Thank you so much, Jamie. Um, and, and in the uncertainty, I think it's important for us to remember while it, the school year didn't end as we planned, um, God's, God still has a plan for our child that this uncertainty can't take away. And so for those of us that may be worried that, you know, our kids are, you know, going to be behind or, you know, whatever your concern is right now, because how the academic year ended or some of the activities they did or didn't get to participate in. I just want to um, remind you of something the Lord's been reminding me. It's in Psalm 138.8 and it says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. And just remember that, that God's purpose for your child isn't so fragile that this time can take it away. No, that's not our God. He's got it, okay? Um, so um, we're gonna move on. Thank you again, Jamie. And I, I just wanna remind you about the ministry opportunity for incarcerated women that many of you have, have supported throughout this year. And it's been, it's just meant so much to the women that I get to see when I go into Dallas County Jail to do chaplain work. Um, you guys have been uh, giving me, sending me, writing handwritten notes and it's my honor and privilege to be able to take these in to women who are experiencing their own pause, their own quarantine. And you just, you don't know the impact of your words, heaven knows. And um, I wish you could, you know, see their faces and how God just melts their hearts through your kindness. And um, I'm still um, taking, a, I, I'm not able to go into jail right now, but I am able to get them those notes. And of course, when I see them again, I'll, I, I would love to have a whole bunch to take in there to them um, just for refreshment and encouragement. So you'll see the example right there on the screen, as well as my address, if you feel led to write a note. Thank you for those that have participated. Um, and now enough of me talking. <laughs> um, I'm both humbled and excited to introduce to your speaker today, the original Eagle Mama, now Texas State Senator, Angela Paxton. I remember attending my first Eagle Mama lunch about five years ago and, and hearing then guidance counselor, Angela Paxton speak to the moms. And obviously I had no idea then that me sitting under her leadership and learning from her, receiving from her, that I was gonna eventually attempt to take that baton and try to run somewhat, at least in part, like, like she did when she was here. Senator Paxton and her husband Ken have four kids, Tucker, Abby, Maddie, and Katie, who all graduated from Legacy Christian Academy. She's a Christ follower, a wife, a mom, a friend, and a very strong leader. You can tell a lot about someone by what they leave in their wake. And from family, to constituents, to colleagues, to friends, Senator Paxton has left an extensive, extensive trail of love, empathy, commitment, courage, selflessness, and wisdom. 
She makes every person feel special and she invests in ways that live on long after her. The way she lives her life challenges me with the thought, what am I building today that will give life to someone else in the future? So please help me welcome with all the clapping or praise hands, whatever, my friend, my mentor, the original Eagle Mama, Texas State Senator Angela Paxton. Wow. I want you to come quarantine with me, Jerrica, and just encourage me like that every single morning. Um, Jerrica, thank you. And you have been such an encouragement to me. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny when I, when I do a lot of these kinds of Zoom meetings or I speak at, at places, etc. cetera, um, typically, it's a the, the bio or whatever the introduction comes kind of from you know something that we have on my website and um you know that that was really beautiful and, and encouraging and i've so been looking forward to being with all of you today uh for weeks since we first talked about it um jerica and i a while back and you know this is this is why eagle mama Eagle Mamas really came into being uh, was to provide a place of encouragement and fellowship. And Jerrica, again, I just want to thank you for wow, what a full circle kind of experience that was just to have that, that kind of encouragement for, from you. Thank you. Jerrica, you're doing an amazing job. Uh, Jamie, I wanted to thank you for uh, the word you shared with us. And uh, you, you actually really touched on a, a couple of things I, I want to talk with you, you all about and share with you all about. And um, again, I'm just so thankful to be here. You know, it's great to see, uh, it's great to see my family uh, on the screen. I don't know if all of you are where you can see the, the picture, but, you know, Jericho was, was talking about how all four kids graduated. Uh, from Legacy, but we we all came as a package, uh, Tucker, Abby, Maddie, Katie, and me, to Legacy Christian Academy when Tucker was in the eighth grade, Abby was in sixth grade, Maddie was in fourth grade, and Katie was in second grade. And you know they gra they graduated in I guess 17, 15, 13, and 11. Uh, from from legacy. I can always remember I have to start with Tucker uh, because uh, He's the year I can remember Tucker's graduation year of 11 their class motto was on a scale of 1 to 10 We're an 11 great humility in that class. But anyway um, Tucker's now 27. He's a software engineer in uh, San Francisco he, by the way, quarantined almost immediately. If you if you remember on the front end of all of this, uh, when the quarantine started, they started in California and San Francisco very, very early. Um, Abby is a first lieutenant in the United States Air Force and a nurse. And, uh, you know, it's funny for her to be a nurse because she started a petition when she was in the eighth grade in Mrs. Guthman's science class because she's also, um, you know, her, her true self, she's an animal rights activist. <laughs> so anyway, Abby actually started a petition not to dissect the frogs. And 
prayed about this and actually that year um, Mrs. Guthman came to visit me and she said there's a frog shortage I think it's Abby's fault so anyway neither of us were expecting Abby to go into a medical field but she's a, a nurse uh, and therefore she's amazing I uh, just talked with her this morning Madison is 23 Maddie got married in December and she um, I, I should back up. Tucker and Abby both graduated from Baylor. There are good kids because they graduated from Baylor, like me and Ken. And then we have the two rebellious children, uh, you know, Maddie and Katie. So Maddie graduated from A&M uh, last December on the 14th and then got married the next weekend to Daniel Hayworth. So she's Mrs. Hayworth now. And she's a teacher. And some of you may, may have known Maddie, but Maddie's dyslexic. Uh, she got the the you know, help and, and all that she needed to really learn how to deal with that. And she was in National Honor Society. She goes to Texas A&M University. She has been a great student because she had the support she needed and she got it at Legacy. And now she is a teacher and she teaches dyslexic kids, which is a, just, I think a super, super cool way of just showing how God brings things full circle. Even the the challenge is he's equipping us for things. And then finally, baby Katie. Uh, and Katie is a junior at Texas A&M. Uh, she's studying also to be a teacher. Uh, any of you ever had kids who are like, I would never be a teacher. Or any of you out there who, who have said, I would never homeschool. Well, you just never know, do you? And uh, this has been the most unbelievable year uh, with, well, with everything. And uh, so it, the thing we can know is that God is preparing us. Um, the other two people in this picture that is, is up right now are my husband, uh, Ken. And Ken is currently the Texas Attorney General. And he's, uh, we're, we're actually both in Austin. This picture is from the day um, in January of 19. It's in the Senate chamber. This is right after I was sworn into the Texas Senate. And then later that afternoon, Ken was sworn in again uh, for his second term as attorney general. So it was a great honor just to, well, that was a great honor and continues to be to be able to serve the people of Texas and people of this district in the Texas Senate. It's an amazing opportunity that I certainly never saw coming, um, but God did. And, uh, you know, that particular day it was really special to have all four of our kids back and two of them that actually bought their own plane tickets because uh, they actually had jobs and all and Tucker and Abby flew back uh, to be there with us so I love that picture and um, I love watching what God is doing in in my family's life with my kids uh, in my husband's life and I have a new appreciation, and this is a lot of what I want to talk with you about this morning, for what God is doing in my life. And you know, as, as women, especially as moms and wives, so much of our life really does revolve around those roles. Um, the role of, of being a wife or being a mom. Um, if, you, if you work outside the home, being a teacher, or, you know, being an attorney, being a doctor, being a administrative assistant, whatever 
you do. Volunteering those roles where uh, women pour their time into making a difference in the community. You know, our roles in many times, you know, we talk about men, you know, their identity is so wrapped up in their job, but for women, it, 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 it just looks a little different. It is very easy for our identities to be defined in our own hearts as our roles, as our relationships. And we have the relationships are important. They're really good. And, and I wanna talk about that, that too. But at the end of the day, we stand on our own before the Lord. And our very first identity is being a daughter of God, of the King. It's our original identity. It's our deepest identity. And it will be our final identity. And I don't know about you, uh, but, but during this time, it's really brought me face to face with some of these, these kinds of things. You know, um, the, the title of this little talk is How to Change the World in Three Easy Steps. It occurred to me this morning when I was looking at that again that that most of you are probably going, please don't change the world anymore. I I can't take any more change. Please leave it alone. I want it to get back to normal. I don't want it to change. But you know, we all realize that the world is changing. It's always changing. Our children are always changing. Our relationships with other people are always changing. Circumstances change. Uh, I don't I don't know, for me, I've, I've never experienced circumstantial changes of this magnitude in my lifetime. But, but on the front end of this, uh, I, I heard a quote uh, when I was reading an article about a, an elderly gentleman who lived by himself, he was in his 80s, and he was quarantined. And I believe he lived in the state of New York. And someone had interviewed him about his experience, and he was two or three weeks into being quarantined. And he, and he talked about some of the struggles with that and uh, his personal experiences. But the thing that really caught my attention was how he closed out the interview. And he said, you know, my world has been flipped upside down, but my priorities are falling into place. And when we think about it that way, you know, what are our priorities? I think scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. And, and when we seek first the kingdom, we really are changing the world. We're changing our inner world. We're seeking to change the world around us as well, the external world, the temporal world that we live in, uh, because we want to bring the light and the love of Christ into that world, in the relationships that we have, um, starting first in our own families and then moving out from there. But one of the things I've noticed about, I mean, almost every woman I've ever met is that she wants to change the world. It's one of the reasons we have children. You know, I became a teacher because I wanted to change the world. And I think in many ways, um, even though it wasn't on my bucket list to uh, run for the, the Texas Senate, when that was presented to me and 
some folks came and they said, we, we really want you to think about doing this. And, um, you know, it, I remember it was, it was the weekend we took our youngest, Katie, to college. And I was coming back. It was the third week of school at Legacy. I was, you know, getting my office back in order after the summer. And uh, coming up on the weekend to, to uh, take our youngest to, to college, to be empty nesters. And uh, on that Friday, I started getting phone calls from people asking me would I please consider running for the Texas Senate. And I'll be very honest, on that Friday, the, the first thing I thought was that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Um, but over that weekend, I realized that there was more to this than what met my eye at first. And with a lot of conversation with friends that loved me, with my family, uh, with people that I respected in political arena. That Monday I woke up and I, and I knew that God was calling me to do this. And I walked into Glenn Dibley's office Monday morning and I said, hey, I need to talk with you. I think I'm supposed to quit my job. I think I'm supposed to run for the Texas Senate. And Glenn looked at me and in his Australian accent said, what happened? Everything was fine on Friday. <laughs> and, and again, this is, you know, just the third week of school. And I, I kind of walked him through the, the story. And I will never forget Glenn looking at me and he said, you have my blessing. And um, I always thought you were supposed to do something like this. And I, even though it was something I had not seen, that God had laid things out for me to take this step, to run. And I didn't feel like he promised me I was going to win, but I knew he had called me to run. And so I did. And, you know, you can never know what is in front of you. You can never know what is in front of you and what God is preparing you for. If you understand your identity. And that he really is always about changing the world. The world he created and he loves and he died for. He's changing that world by loving other people and making a difference through you. So here are the three easy steps. Actually, I had an alternate title for today. I just have to say this. Um, uh, the other, other title I was going to use is um, Another Bad Hair Day in Austin with Angela. So every time I'm here, it's so humid, I'm just going to say. And I'm actually um, in Austin this week um, doing some work down here. There's, you know, I think everyone I've talked to who's been in government for a long, long time, you know, the legislature, you, well, you may not know, we make $600 a month uh, to be in the Senate or the House. It's it's a citizen legislature. It's designed to be, you go home, you live in your district, you, you stay in touch with what's going on there, you come down here during session, you advocate for things that are good policy uh, to help your district, for, for the state of Texas, for the people who live here, and then you go back to work. And so it's, it's uh, turned into a much more full-time job, but I cannot tell you what an honor it is to be serving in a time like this where there's 
so much important decision making happening. And um, so I am in Austin with my bad hair day, but thanks for, you don't have to watch if it's, if it's too hard on your eyes. But um, let me talk about the three easy steps to change the world. The first one is to be who you are. And the scripture that I'd like to read uh, to you uh, for this is from Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. And you, you may have heard this many, many times, but I want you to listen. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you as prophet to the nations. Before you were born, before I formed you, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And that one of the things I want to point out is that, you know, in the, in the English language, the word you, sometimes it's singular, sometimes it's plural. And typically, you know, I, I don't know, probably growing up in the Western world, I tend to read my Bible, the word you, as, as singular. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is really talking about you collectively, you people, you, the, the nation of Israel, you believers. Um, but in this case, this is singular. And God is reminding the prophet Jeremiah that he formed him. And before Jeremiah was born, that God had consecrated him as a prophet. And, and what I want to point out there is that being who we are is a sacred task. God actually formed you. He designed you for a purpose. And if you were an inventor and you had a purpose in mind, wouldn't you design your invention, your creation in order to accomplish that very purpose? That is what God has done with every single one of us. Some of you may remember um, uh, if you were in the middle school, had students in middle school when I was at the, uh, at the middle school at Legacy, um, or even in the high school, and, and all of our faculty and staff, we did training in something called StrengthsFinder. And this was something that Glenn introduced me to, Glenn Dibley introduced me to, and it, it has been, a major factor in how I have understood God's purposes in my life uh, since that time. And strengths is about understanding how you're wired. And of course, as believers, we know we're not wired in a random way. God designed us purposefully. And one of the reasons I loved working with the middle school kids uh, was strengths was it helped them understand their talents. And you know, if any of you have middle school kids or had middle school kids, and to those of you who have itty bitties now and you're looking into the future and know you will have middle school kids, one of the things you know about middle school kids is they are fascinated by themselves, okay? And so doing strengths with, with the kids in middle school was really fun because they really are, they're kind of coming into their own developmentally. They're understanding themselves. And so as they were doing that, we're, we're saying to them, listen, you are the way you are on purpose. The talents that you have, the gifts that you have, those are wired into you 
by a loving God. And you know why? Because he has a reason for you to use those very gifts to make a difference in the world, to change the world. Change the world is, is a motto I had on my wall in, the, in my office, in, um, in my, my counseling office at Legacy. Change the world. And the last time I was up at the school, I saw it was painted on a huge wall. Change the world. I love that. I love inspiring kids. I want, I want you to understand, you're here to change the world too. You're not just part of a changing world. You're here to change the world. And it starts with understanding who you are and being who you are. You know, what we tend to do is we, we want to be who we aren't. We look around and we see that person with that talent or that skill or that accomplishment. And we're like, I wish I was that. God already has that covered. He needs you to be who you are. Because if you aren't, your place is not it's not being filled. He made you for a reason. And so I want to encourage you, be who you are. And don't forget that who you are isn't just the role you're in right now. That's your, your job or whatever that is life volunteer first and foremost you are God's child you are God's daughter and one of the most important things you can communicate to your kids is that fact help them be who all who they are not who they aren't and it starts by having a strong consistent and deep relationship with the one who formed us in our mother's wounds and who consecrated us in a special way to change the world. So the first step is to be who you are. The second step is to be where you are, where you are. And so the scripture that I want to to point out for this particular idea of being where you are is Esther 4.14. I love this scripture. And who knows but that you've come to your royal position for such a time as this. Well, if any of us have ever had a for such a time as this experience, at least for me, speaking for me, COVID-19 is probably it. But it's not the only one. You know, in this particular verse, and who knows, but that you, again, this is singular. This was spoken by Esther's um, cousin, Mordecai, to her. So this is a singular use, and, and we can listen to this. Um, that you've come to your royal position. Well, if you'll remember back to step one, your first identity is that you are God's daughter. You're the daughter of a king. And so this verse, originally spoken to Esther, is spoken to you. You have a royal position. You are the daughter of a king. And you are exactly where you are because he's brought you here. 
for such a time. He, or, he orchestrated this. And, and you know, when we think about where we are in life, there are a lot of ways to look at that. I mean, in many ways, it's, it's your physical location. So you live in Frisco, Texas, or Allen or Plano, or McKinney, um, Salina, Prosper, wherever you live, that you are, you are, that's part of your where. But you know, another part of our where, where we are, and, and um, you know, it's, it was kind of interesting. Um, Jamie, you mentioned this when you were sharing with us, you know, you said where you are today. And I think you meant that in that broader sense of, you know, where we are in history. And you know, a lot of, of our where, uh, it's, it's, it's impacted by so many different things. It's impacted by who your parents were, uh, ended up where you went to college, um, or where your first job was, or who your best friend was, and people you met through them, and um, you know, your spouse, or jobs that moved. Um, you're aware is a lot of things, but it's also, you know, you're aware it is also the, the result of sometimes your choices, right? Sometimes your where is the result of other people's choices. And whether it's our choices or other people's choices, many times we aren't really that happy with our where. We would rather be somewhere else. Um, some of our where is beautiful, but some of our where is really hard. Some of our where is something we don't, we don't want to think about. But I want to remind you that God doesn't waste anything in our lives. He's a redeemer. And he tells us over and over throughout scripture, in, in lots of different ways. You know, even things that other people meant for evil, even your own mistakes, accidental or conscious, even those things I will use if you give them to me. I've learned more from my failures than I've ever learned from my successes. It's important thing to remember as a mom because we, we hate to see our kids fail, especially when we can just see it like happening in slow motion, right? But God will use that. And understanding cause and effect, and one of the things I used to say to kids is the consequences are actually our friends. I also said the crock pot is our friend. Now I revise that too. The Instapot is our friend. But you know, it, it's true. The consequences are our friends if we learn from them. And that is what God is doing. He redeems and he helps us learn. That's the fancy word sanctification in scripture. He's maturing us. And so the where you're in right now, 
like it, not like it. And you know what? There's everyone has already kind of shared a little bit about this. No one saw this coming. Um, when your kids left school on the last day, they didn't really, I mean, the last day they were in school this year, they didn't know it was the last day. You didn't know it was the last day. You may not have had enough toilet paper at that point. We all have plenty of toilet paper now. But we, I mean, my goodness, if there's ever been a time that you could say, you know, no one knows what tomorrow holds, it's true, isn't it? This is like a surreal uh, movie, disaster movie theme, right? But you know, God is using this and his ultimate will is to grow you into the likeness of his son. Maturity. And doing that, he goes into who you are and he uses where you are. So those are the first two things. Be who you are. Be where you are. But the third part, the third step, is to be all you are. To be all you are. And this is the scripture that that really just kind of jumped out to me to describe this. And it's also from, from the book of Jeremiah, 29:11. This is another verse I had on my office wall at Legacy. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Do you hear the redemption of God in that? I know the plans I have for you. And this you, in, in contrast to... Be, be who you are in Jeremiah and be where you are in Esther. This you is the plural you. So listen, listen again. This is God talking to all of us. For I know the plans I have for you, for all of you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper all of you. Plans not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. All of you. And my, my point in, in highlighting that this is a collective you, it's a plural you, when we think about being all we are, I personally think you cannot be all you are alone. We can only be all we are together. And it means bringing to the the body the body of christ an understanding of who i am and a commitment to hearing that and growing that as a sacred task as a whole task as a time of god and not by myself only through his the power of his spirit and it means understanding where I am and accepting those things. Because my, my experiences can help someone else. They can comfort someone else. They can teach someone else. So be who you are, be where you are, and then be all you are by bringing those to the body, to your brothers and sisters in Christ. 
because we are all we are when we're together, when we're functioning as the body. You know, um, Jerrica asked me if I would share a little bit about how Eagle Mama started. And I, I started this uh, discussion talking a little bit about strengths and how we use strengths with the middle school kids and also all of our faculty and staff at, at Legacy. And what, what strengths is, just in kind of a nutshell, is it's an assessment you take online. Um, Clifton Strengths, if any of you are interested in doing that. Um, you can find it, find it there. It's like 20 bucks to take the assessment. And, and what it does is it, it looks at 34 different areas of talent that the Gallup organization that created this instrument um, kind of analyzed people's talents into. And of those 34, uh, the report that we used uh, with our faculty and staff uh, gave us the top five. So of those, these 34 things, it basically rank orders them. And the focus of strengths is not on fixing weaknesses, even though you have to understand what to do with the things uh, that you're not good at, that are not, you're not drawn to doing. You know, we all still have to pay bills and sit down and do that stuff, even the stuff we don't like. We, somebody has to clean the toilets, right? So you have to do the things you don't like to do. Your kids, you know, I know they all love math because I was a math teacher, but maybe they don't like English. You know, maybe they don't like history. Maybe they don't like all those other subjects, right? But they still have to do those things because they, they've got to graduate. And, but, but what we want them to know is that your, your future, your purpose is in the direction of your strengths. Because remember, God formed us. He designed us to accomplish certain purposes. And so it matters to pay attention to your talents and understand those things. It gives you a clue to your purpose. So when, when I did strengths, um, I started trying to understand this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little story about my journey through strengths to illustrate um, these three points. So my top three, my, my top five are adaptability, ideation, maximizer, connectedness, and positivity. Those are my top five strengths on the strengths finder. So some of those are words that make sense to all of us. Some of those are kind of unusual words. Well, ideation was a word I had never heard before, and I'm reading the description, and basically it's a natural brainstormer. And the first thing that I remember thinking about that was, what? Everybody doesn't do that? Everybody doesn't just have like a billion ideas running through their head 24-7? Uh, they turn it off at night so they can sleep, and then when they wake up, they're just these ideas are just running through their head all the time. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, that's that isn't some that's a thing. Not everybody does that. And I started thinking, this is something that God has given me a talent in, um, a natural kind of predisposition to do. I don't have to make myself do it, it just happens. And so I started thinking, well, then what am I doing with that? So I thought, well, you know, I wasn't. I thought at the very least I could just write them down, right? Because I'd have an idea and I think, oh, that's a great idea. And it would be gone, you know, 20 minutes later because I just hadn't written it down anywhere. So I started doing that, writing it down. But then it occurred to me that 
these were just ideas and they were never going to be anything other than a, an idea. And I wasn't under any sort of delusion that they were all great ideas, but I did think some of them had potential. And so Anna Garcia, many of you know Anna, she's been at Legacy a long, long time. She was the administrative assistant uh, for the middle school at the time. And Anna has incredible executing talent. And I knew this from working with her, but I also knew it from Strix Finder. So I walked into Anna's office. And I said, Anna, would you be willing to um, let me run some ideas by you, sit down with you, and uh, just kind of run this stuff by you and tell me, do you think this is a good idea, a need for this, whatever, and just bounce it around with me and then help me make it happen. It's a good idea. And she's like, I would love to do that. And so we just kind of, from time to time, would sit down and do that. Well, one of those ideas was, was this. I want to I bring the moms together. Um, I think that would be fun. I think it would allow moms to help each other and connect in a way that they don't really have a forum for doing right now. Um, I think we should have food. We should always have chocolate and coffee. And Anna's like, Angela, that's a great idea. And she's like, you know, I talk to parents all the time. I think there's a real need for that. And I'm like, okay, I have no idea how to start it. And she goes, oh, that's easy. Because to her it was. Well, she said, what do you want to call it? And I'm like, if you don't think this is too goofy, I want to call it Eagle Mamas. And she said, I like it. And that's how Eagle Mamas started. Anna and, Anna and I working together, understanding who we were, who God made us to be, what our thoughts were, looking around and being where we were, what are the needs around us, and then finally just realizing that each of us needed each other to make this thing happen. That's how Eagle Mama started. And you know, when I spoke with Jerka the other day, I just, I said, you know what, I, I cannot tell you just how satisfying it is really to me that Eagle Mamas is still still going on because part of that it says to me Angela this is bigger than you this was always bigger than you um, there's so many things that really they're built around a person in some way or another and you've, you've all seen things that that come and go they start and you know when the person moves on it stops because it was it was built around the person and to see what Eagle Mamas has become is unbelievable to me. That you're reaching out in the community the way you are with the women who are in prison. Um, that you've adapted to having online Eagle Mamas right now. I mean, it is, it is probably the most satisfying thing that I look back on. I mean, other than my, my children, to look back and see other women uh, just continuing to invest in each other and love each other and in bigger and better ways than I could ever have imagined. Thank you. Thank you for being a mama because you make a difference for someone else. And this morning, I just want to close with this. Um, I read in my devotional, uh, I read God Calling is the devotional I read, and it, it says this, win me, win all. And so this is Jesus speaking. 
God speaking of himself in the scripture is, oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he's done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. Shout joyfully, joyfully to the Lord, all the earth, break forth in song, rejoice and sing praises. And that's Psalm 98 uh, verses one and four. And then this is kind of the commentary. You will conquer. The, the conquering spirit is never crushed. Keep a brave and trusting heart. Face all your difficulties in the spirit of conquest. Rise to greater heights than you've ever known before. Remember, where I am is victory. Forces of evil within and without flee at my presence. Win me and all is one, all. And that's how I want to encourage you. Be who you are. Remember first, it is your relationship with Christ. You are God's daughter. Be where you are, even when it's uncomfortable. Be where you are, because you are his light there. And who knows, he's brought you to this very place because you make a unique difference that no one else can make. He designed you for it. And finally, and maybe above all, do not forget to be all you are. And that to do that, it's not, a, it's not a solo job. You are all you are. When you lock arms and link up with your sisters in Christ, with the body of Christ, in the power of his spirit, in his presence, and you will change the world. Thank you all. God bless you. And God bless us. Wow. Amen to all that. Thank you so much, Senator Paxton. Um, I, I really, I can't imagine a better way to end this year. And, you know, I just, as you were giving that charge at the end, I got a little emotional thinking about where God had us this year and it being all about destiny and knowing who we are and the reason why we were born. And I think originally in my mind, I was hoping that at the end, we could have someone who was living this out, who was glowing in the dark, just come and bring a testimony and, and just um, show us what that looked like. And I didn't think that that was going to become because we had to have a virtual event and, um, and then you were going to be here to, to, to speak to us, but wow, I'm, I'm in awe and I'm overwhelmed of God's love and favor for, um, the, the women at Legacy Christian Academy. And I was thinking about a verse and Angela, I just want to bless you with this. It's in John 17, four, and it's Jesus talking, but it's our model. And he says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And you are living a life that is glorifying God because you're waking up every day looking to accomplish what you're supposed to for that day and look where you are now and look at the fruit um, that is coming forth and what an example to us to just show up for the day that is in front of us and then someday we'll be able to look back and see daughters friends um, benefiting from from things that we've we've laid forth and so 
thank you again. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And I was just kind of having my moment with the Lord here, just thanking him for how he's gone before us in these events. And so, wow. Thank you again, Senator, for being with us. Um, okay. Uh, I hate to have to, to close out the final event of the year, um, but it is that time. And so I just want to remind you of um, the 109 prayer time and the, the prayer team, if you have prayer requests to uh, just submit those. It's, it's our honor to be able to pray with you and pray for you. And at 109, just remember as a family, join in that, in that daily prayer time. Um, and I just, I'm looking forward to the fall. I'm looking forward to seeing every, everyone again, but I hope that you feel encouraged. I hope that um, you're leaving here today feeling like a more than conqueror. And I'm going to use the verse that Karen's been using throughout this year in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And so let that be what is, what is on our mind each day, that the best thing we can do for our families and to leave that legacy and to fulfill our purpose is just to seek first the kingdom and trust that everything is going to fall in line as we do that, as we just abide with him. You ladies are amazing. Thank you to Legacy Christian Academy for prioritizing us in these events. And I'm gonna close in prayer and, and we'll be dismissed. God, we thank you so much for the privilege to, to be your daughter. Um, help us to, to steward that well during this time, especially, Lord. Thank you for how you've gone before us to prepare us to be a light during this time. Thank you for uh, Senator Paxton and everything she's done um, in her legacy, at, at legacy and her influence, even in my own life, Lord. I pray, pray blessing over her and her family today and that the initiatives that you put on her heart to lead in the state of Texas, that you'll just make a clear path for her during this time because we know she's all about you and, and how you want to love others through her, God. We thank you for Legacy Christian Academy. We, we pray peace over everyone making decisions for the fall. We pray peace over each family, over each mom, Lord. And we pray that every everyone just has... Um, a refreshing summer, Lord, and that they're able to just set their eyes on you and, and not focus on the uncertainty, but focus on everything that they do know, which is enough, Lord. It's enough. We love you. We trust you. We thank you. Amen. Thank you so much.